Welcome back, listeners. I'm Robin Black, and this is It's All About Healing podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us, Miss Jill. She is the author of Liberated, Releasing the Dark Cloud of Shame. So we're going to speak today a little bit about trauma. We're going to talk about sexual trauma as well. So Jill, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about your book. Yeah. So I always like to, at the very beginning, tell people, you know, this is a very triggering conversation. And in my experience, sexual trauma comes in waves. Like sometimes you'll remember and then you forget and then you remember and then you forget. And sometimes you've completely blocked it. And so it's really, really, really important for me to know that you're protected because I'm going to talk about something that people are not talking about. The, the, the way that my sexual trauma went, people are not having this conversation and it's really my only hope and dream to collapse time for people so that they know if, if this is your story, I totally see you. I feel you, you get to love yourself. You get to forgive yourself. So I have some resources, um, on my website and, um, I see that this is going to private chat. Sorry. I know you wanted me to post something in the chat with my resources, but it says private. No, I, I I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, okay. Sorry. So sorry. So sorry. <laughs> I misunderstood. Okay. So anyway, I, I do have resources on my website. So if, if any of this is triggering to you, please, please, please reach out. There's anonymous resources on here where you can just find somebody to talk to. So I'm just going to dive right in. Um, And I I also want people to know that, you know, if you see me talking about this and I'm not super emotional about it, I've I've said my my story so many times that it's lost its power over me. And so you get to know that that's something that you are able to access as well by talking about it because Mm -hmm. shame cannot live in the light. So when I was three years old, I was molested three or four. I don't remember who did it. None of that matters. I forgave that person a long time ago because I know hurt people hurt people. And it's really important in your healing to forgive. And you're not forgiving the person for them. You're forgiving that person for yourself so that you can move through all of that and get to a place of healing for yourself. But what happened because of what somebody did to me is what I get to talk about. And trust me, I would have never chosen this for my purpose in life. This was God. And, um, but I get to be here as a resource and, and help for other people. But so what happened is because of some, what somebody taught me to do sexually, I was experimenting, um, with other children at at a young age, I was experimenting, um, innocently and curiously with other children. And I lived with debilitating shame for 41 years because I thought I was the only little girl who ever did anything like that. Yeah. I think we froze. Yeah, like your screen froze. Oh, there it is. There we go. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. I thought I was the only little girl who ever did anything like this. And sadly it's quite common mm-hmm. and nobody's talking about it. So that's why we're here today, Robin. Thank you for giving me the space to, to do this with you. No problem at all. So tell us a little bit about that. So you said that it happened, unfortunately, when you were about three or four. So when did it kind of take over for you? I think I was around seven. I was in between the ages of seven and 12 when I started mm-hmm. um, acting. Yeah. And what what exactly were you doing to 
to kind of, what do you call it? Replicate what happened to you. Well, I was doing what somebody taught me to do sexually, you know, so I was acting out in the same way that, that somebody taught me to do. And unfortunately with sexual trauma too, you know, it's not, it it, it feels good. So little kids want to experiment with that because they don't know any better. They don't know this is wrong. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And did, did those other children, did they just kind of just jump on board or were they kind of uncomfortable? Like, how did you know yourself that it was wrong? Or did you not know yourself at that age that it was wrong? I didn't know that at that age that it was wrong. Yeah. No. And so what age were you when you started realizing this, this isn't right? Yeah. Well, at the age of 12, and this is in my book, which is why I, I, I'm able to share about it. Um, at the age of 12, an adult caught me in the closet with another child. Mm-hmm. And that adult said, little kids go to hell who do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's that pivotal point. Every child is going to have something in their life that messes them up a little bit. You know, it just happens. You know, every parent can be as careful or every adult can be as careful as possible, but you're going to do something to mess your kids up. Mm-hmm. And this said that to me. And at that moment, there's two different kinds of shame. There's shame and then there's toxic shame. At that moment, toxic shame became part of my life. And the debilitating um, level of the impact that it had on me over my 41 years um, was very intense. And that's why it's called toxic shame because toxic, toxic shame is deeper than just, you know, regular shame. Yeah. I understand that. Wow. So what, what, how did it affect you? I know you said it's toxic shame, but how? Yeah. And for me, it showed up in three different areas of my life. Number one, I had an eating disorder until I was 41 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, I was bulimic. Two, I wasn't connecting with men. I, I I would be out somewhere and a man would walk in and, and look at me and I would immediately look down. Mm-hmm. And I figured out later that I was like, oh my God, I can't let a man truly see who I am because how could a man love me mm-hmm. if he knew what I'd done? Yeah. And now after all the work that I've done, I'm like, how can a man not love me knowing, <laughs> you know? how much I've done to heal and just, you know, getting through all of that. And, um, and then it also affected me in business. I'm a serial entrepreneur right now. I have four businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, really, and the best way for me to describe it is kind of impossible. I think, well, maybe not everybody, but people, certain people suffer from imposter syndrome and that's what really affected me is, you know, really taking my businesses to that next level. Um, and I remember I, I, I've been involved in different business organizations and I was involved in this amazing organization called Entrepreneurs Organization. It's called mm-hmm. EO. And I remember sitting in a room with these people and thinking, oh my God, these people are brilliant. Like they're creating these amazing businesses. Why am I here? Like, I'm not smart enough to do this. So mm-hmm. those are the three areas that really, really impacted me and my life. I like that. And what are your four different businesses? I have an event business. I've been doing corporate events for 23 years. I have a wine business, which is really mm-hmm. fun. Um, and then I do vacation rentals. I have a property that I rent out as a vacation rental. And now my new business is really, you know, talking about the book and my my goal is just to get on stages and be an inspirational speaker for people to know that they get to 
you know, man, I'm really into manifesting. So they get to live a beautiful life. They get to create. I have a morning practice that I co-create with God. We do this little dance every day and um, it's really, really, really beautiful. So those are the the four things that I have my hands in right now. I like that. That's beautiful. So tell us a little bit how you were able to overcome this trauma mentally. Girl, <laughs> how long do we have? <laughs> and honestly, that's that's the main reason I'm doing this. I mentioned earlier I want to collapse time for people. I started going to therapy when I was 33. I'm 56. I just turned 56 this last month. And um, I, I at 33, I met a group of girls, and they were – emotionally healthy. And I knew at that time that I wasn't connecting with men. And so I started going to therapy. I also did landmark education. Do you know, have you heard of landmark? No. Okay. So I've done the, the most powerful things that I've done have been really deep transformational work and landmark education is one of those. And it's really about taking responsibility. You know, when you're pointing your finger, blaming somebody else for what's going on in your life, you have three fingers pointing back at yourself. So Mm -hmm. it really is about owning where you're at. And so I did therapy and landmark education in conjunction with the other. And it sped up my therapy by a million times because you really are getting in and looking deep. And then I was healed. And then um, at the age of 41, when I was still suffering from bulimia, I'm like, you got to get this under control. You're going to, you're going to die if you don't get this under control. So I went back to therapy and um, then 10, 10 years later, 10 years after that, I started doing um, uh, hardcore leadership, which is also more transformational work. And, And that finally was the catalyst for me to really understand that I got to forgive myself and I got to love and I really do get to live this amazing life because everything on your heart is yours to have. I believe yeah. that God gave that to you. And so it's our only job every day to reiterate that in your soul and, and you know, feel like what it feels like to have that and know that you get to have that because you really get to have those things. I don't have a fishing boat on my heart. I don't want a fishing boat. Right. Yeah. My heart, I really know that I get to have. So. Absolutely. I like that. I like that a lot. So what, how did it affect you just any type, just socially? Like, you know, do you have social awkwardness or did you ever have to deal with that? No. Um, and my friend, like I'm, I'm so blessed. I have so many beautiful friendships in my life. Mm -hmm. I never really struggled with relationships on a friendship level or mm-hmm. social awkwardness. Um, like I'm, I'm super social. I can, I don't meet a stranger, you know, it was connecting with somebody who is really going to see into me and who I am, uh, you know, and as a romantic relationship, that's where I really struggled. Okay. Okay. And how, how long did that take? Are you still currently struggling with that? I am not struggling. I'm calling in my person. If you are out there, call me. <laughs> I am ready. I, you know, it's, so, it's so interesting. I, I believe that it's also been a blessing because if I got married really young, I would probably be divorced because I didn't know me. I didn't know my worth, you know, right. and yeah. now I do. I'm amazing. I yeah. am 
<laughs> and and I tell myself that all the time. It's so it's so beautiful to get to the place where you really love yourself and you know you get to know what you deserve. You know, so I do a lot of I've done a lot of mirror work to get here. You know, walking past the mirror, hey baby, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> I like that a lot. And and it's funny that you say that because I got married really young and I got divorced <laughs> really young too as well. So. I definitely understand it is you do. It is about finding who you really are or remembering who you are. I like that. And now I'm calling in my divine compliment. Uh Uh-huh. That's sexy or what? My divine compliment. Compliment. Yeah. We get to have love where we don't have to fix somebody else. Like the love that we get to call in, you get to come to the relationship whole and complete Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about shoring somebody else up, you know? Yes. So it's exciting now. I like that. That is absolutely correct. That is, I think that's kind of what we all should want is that person that you don't have to fix, you know, yeah. it just, and it just happens and that you don't have to do anything. They just, you guys just find each other. <laughs> yeah. And that day, that day is finally coming for you. So that's going to be great. So as far as any of anyone else who is, suffering from this or trying to deal with this type of sexual trauma, what are the resources that you have for them? Yeah. Um, well, there's, there's a lot of anonymous, like rain is one of them. Um, incest survivors anonymous is another one of them. There's a whole list of them on my website, but can I talk a little bit about getting to the place of saying it out loud and what that felt like? Cause I think this is important for people too. Mm-hmm. I was so terrified to say it out loud. Like I, as a very young child thought of myself as a monster Mm -hmm. because of how I acted out. And so when I, you know, set up those first therapy appointments, what happened? Oh God, my screen went black. When I first set up the, those first therapy appointments, I, you know, walking into that, that office, I'm like, how can I say these things out loud? This person's going to think I'm a monster. And Mm -hmm just that pit in your stomach. So if this is your story, like I see you, I feel you, I know how you feel right now, mm-hmm. but walking into that therapy therapist office and, and being able to share every single time I've shared my story since I am blown away by the level of love and mm-hmm. compassion and understanding and kindness that has been on the other side of me saying those words out loud. So whatever you are telling yourself about what it's going to be like to share your story so that you can start to heal is a lie. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. So you get to say it out loud because shame can't live in the light. And one of my favorite sayings is life happens outside your comfort zone. This is uncomfortable AF people. This is not easy. This is hard, but you know, once you can say it out loud, you get to say, you don't own me anymore. You don't own me anymore. I get to live a beautiful life. And you do, you get to live a beautiful life because life on the other side of healing is magical. Yes, absolutely. And, and in order to start to heal, you, you, you're able to remove that guilt and remove the shame as well. And you just, you kind of own, Hey, this happened to me, but now I'm healing. And now I'm here to impact the lives of others. And I believe that you are making a huge impact on others as well. So tell us a little bit about your book. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> called Liberated, Releasing the Dark Cloud of Shame. And <clears throat> the book's oops, the book's really beautiful. I, I didn't want to write a book. When I surrendered to this purpose, all I wanted to do was get on stages and shout my message from the rooftop. And I have a friend who's an international speaker, and he's like, if you want to get on stage, you got to write a book. I'm like, I don't want to write a book. <laughs> God put this book together. Um, okay. When I started really vulnerably sharing my story with other people, a lot of people came to me and said, that's me too. And so I've only written two chapters in the book. All the other chapters are other people who either had experiences like I do acting out with other children or um, people who have been hurt by somebody else and the level of healing that they've gotten to and the level of forgiveness for somebody else. My mm -hmm. therapist wrote a chapter in here about how to talk to your children um, so that they're not targets or what to do if your child has been hurt. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a really hard chapter in here of a woman who her daughter started being molested by the dad when she was an infant and she goes through the court case and just the struggle and, you know, what to do in order to get your child away from the person who's hurting them. And then the last, the last chapters in the book, for me, at least, I hope people feel this way. They're, they're more inspirational because this is not an easy book. This is a very difficult book. And so when you buy the book, if there's a chapter that's triggering you, go to the next chapter, put the book down, do whatever you have to do to keep safe because the chapters are not dependent on one another. So right. read a different chapter or go to the end of the book, because for me, the stories at the end of the book are really about you get to thrive. Like you get to heal. You get to get past this. And there's stories of people who are living really magnificent lives now because yeah. of the work that they've done to get on the other side of that. Wow. That's, that's very powerful. Um, and I know you said when it happened to you, when you were about three or four, did, was it ongoing or was it once or how do you even remember that? I don't remember. No. Okay. And the thing is, I feel so bad for my parents because I have the most beautiful parents in the whole wide world. And they, um, you know, my mom's like, how could this have happened to you? We knew where you were all the time. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's typically somebody very close to you. And I believe that's why I don't remember who it was is because mm -hmm. it's somebody that I really loved and I was really close to yeah. that, that did this. So, um, yeah, that's that's why I believe why I don't remember. Yeah. And then I know the mental toll for everyone around you couldn't have been easy as well. But how did all of you kind of come together mentally to to deal with this? Just a lot of conversations. You know, you got to talk about it. You got to get it out there. Yeah. And I think that's what most people struggle with is the fact that now I have to speak about it. Now I have to talk about it. And it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people to talk about any type of trauma. So what would you suggest is the best way to kind of get over that hump of not being afraid to talk about it? Um, that's a great question. Just knowing that that's where the healing starts mm -hmm. is, is after you start talking about it. You're, you're not going to heal if you keep holding it inside. It's going to continue to eat away, to eat, eat away at you. So it's just really, really important that you start the conversations. Find somebody that you can trust. Find somebody that, you know, who loves you. Or find a really, really good therapist to yeah. start having those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's, did, did your therapist ever have sessions where it wasn't just you? It, some of your family members were able to, able to come in? No. 
No, but I imagine, I imagine that's a thing. I imagine therapists would be totally open to doing that, but that's not something that I ever asked for. Oh, okay. I got it. And are you still currently seeing any type of therapist? Is that something ongoing? Actually, I found a new therapist and it was such a godsend. So I I had seen this one particular therapist when I was 33. And then I told you I was fixed, of course, because we Mm -hmm. feel like that sometimes. And then when I was 41, I saw a new therapist and he's actually the one who wrote a chapter in my book. And then um, I was going through some, some stuff this summer and, you know, cause now that I'm sharing my story, a lot of people are coming to me and sharing their stories. So I'm holding a lot of space for a lot of people. And so I just needed to, to get some, some, um, support around that. And he was booked. And so he referred me to, um, this woman and she is amazing. Like we totally connect. Like, it's interesting that you find the person that you need at the time. So, yeah. you know, I needed the first person at the time and then I needed the second person. And for me, she's more of a life coach for me because I've gotten to the place where I've done so much healing. I'm not doing that type of work anymore. I'm doing work around right now on what does it look like moving into this new phase of my life? Because I right now I'm looking to find partnership, affiliate partnership, mm-hmm. because I'm not a therapist. I don't yeah. want, I don't want to be a coach. I want to be an inspirational speaker. And then I want to have support where I can send people because I'm not capable of doing that. So mm-hmm. you know, with her, she's really kind of um, a sounding board for me as I'm moving into this next phase. And she's, she's amazing. Yeah, that's great. That's good to know. And how can others get a hold of your book or get a hold of you via your website? Thank you. Yeah. My website is jillyschultz.com, just like it looks on the screen. And all of my resources are there. The book's there. All my social media is there. Um, There's other podcasts that I've done on there. So everything that you need to know about me is on my website. Good to know. And then, so how are you just thriving mentally now? Tell us your story about that. Yes, that is a, that is me doing my morning ritual. You know, I get to, I get to wake up every morning and I put on, as I'm waking up, this is the best time to do it. As you're waking up, don't look at your phone. Don't do anything. Put on some sort of meditation because you are in that space. Your mind is in that clear space where it's the best time to manifest. So I start the morning by just listening to a meditation and then I get really quiet and I meditate by myself and I ask God, what do I get to do today to move whatever I'm accomplishing today forward? What, what does that look like? And sometimes it's, you know, I, I had um, mailed all the books out to all of the contributors and sometimes it's just like mail your books. Sometimes yeah. it's like deep stuff, you know, it just depends. Um, but I, I really have gotten really, really good at listening to my inner self and, and listening, listening to my intuition and that's so fun. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. It takes, fun. it takes a lot to start knowing how to do that. You have to honestly go through a lot just to be able to get a handle of yeah. let me listen to my intuition and let me know when God's speaking to me and telling me what to do next. So I do. I love hearing that. That is beautiful. So I love this. I love this saying. And, and I just, I do um, every week 
I do a Monday morning motivation. I do a power coaching call. I'm just a, like a little three minute clip on my social media. And I do Jill's joke of the day. And then I, I love music. So I'm posting songs. So you're going to see all this stuff on my website. But yeah. next week, we're going to post success leaves clues. Yeah. And I love that so much. And I even I was Googling it. And when you Google it, it, it doesn't delve to it, from what I found, it only talks about business. Like it says, somebody else has done this before. Follow their example. My screen went black again, and then I muted myself, I guess. I don't know what I'm doing over here. <laughs> um, so it was just talking about following somebody's steps in business. But for me, like you, things show up for you. When you start manifesting, you got to be really pay a lot of attention to what's going on around you. Like if yeah. you're manifesting money, I, every morning I say, thank you for my financial miracle today. And thank you for my love miracle today. Mm-hmm. And when something happens, like I'm in, I told you I'm in the wine industry. Like yesterday I had an order come across my desk and I was like, thank you for my financial miracle today. Those are just little tiny indications that abundance is on its way into my life. Yeah. Because they're showing up in little tiny ways. So I love that. Success leaves clues. I love that. And tell us a little bit about your winery. That seems so amazing. Oh, well, I don't have a winery. I work with a family called Boisse, and it's a direct sales company. So I have a team of about 650 people who are also out there selling fantastic wines and the wines are really beautiful. They're out of Burgundy um, and, and Napa and Sonoma. The collection is incredible. So uh-huh. a lot of our wines you can't get anywhere else. Um, yeah. They're it's, it's a really, really fun business. So if you nice. want to get in the wine industry, reach out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is everything that I have. And again, what is, uh, the, the the what am I trying to say now? I can't talk. What what um what is the word that I'm looking for? I can't believe I just went blank. Uh, what would you anyone who's in trouble or any type of anything? What would you suggest? <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite saying is life happens outside your comfort zone. So mm-hmm. you know you really get to look at the hard. Look at that one thing in your life that keeps nagging at you. I have a questionnaire on my web. I have a couple different questionnaires or, or worksheets that you can access. One of them is called Uncover Your Shame, mm-hmm. and the other one is Seven Critical Steps to Healing. The one the Uncover Your Shame is if you really are trying to figure out what your trauma is or what you're dealing with. I love the question on there. One of them is, what is one thing only you and God know? Yeah. Yeah. So you can access any of that stuff on my website too, but just find somebody to talk to. Say it out loud. That's the first step. You get to say it out loud. Even if you are writing it in a journal or even if you're standing in front of a mirror, whispering it to yourself, start saying it out loud. You get to get it out of your body. Yes, I agree with that. And the word I was looking for was recommend. So I'm glad. I don't know why I went blank, but I got it now. So, (laughs) but thank you so much, Jill, for coming on and speaking with all of us today. Yeah. Thank you, Robin. It was a joy to be here with you. No problem. And again, everyone, I'm Robin Black, and this is It's All About Healing Podcast. Everyone stay blessed.